Welcome to the Amber Knight Superhero Podcast with Simo Suahemo. This show is your backstage pass to discussions with world-class influencers in the field of health, nutrition, and high performance. We bring you the selected tips and insights that you can use to upgrade your life and become unstoppable. Welcome to this episode of Superhero Podcast. My name is Simo Sohaimo, and today we have a very special guest here uh, on the podcast and the live video that we're right now doing. Um, I'm joined on the show by Mintu Tuominen, hockey player and an overall super inspiring figure. Welcome to the show, Mintu. Thank you. How do you usually introduce yourself when people ask you what you do? No, I just say my name is Mintu. And uh, I'm a 26-year-old ice hockey player from Finland. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, during the last two weeks, you've been through the grinder, to say the least. And it's, it's been a pretty amazing journey. You just came back, came back from the U.S. Uh, and uh, can, you, can you share with the audience uh, what, what's been happening in your, in your life? I, I assume that the last two weeks haven't been the ordinary ones for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the past two weeks, uh, we were in Plymouth, Detroit, um, and played for the Ice Hockey World Championships. And uh, we ended up winning bronze medal, which was my third overall. And But what was more historical was that we beat Canada, which was like, we were the second country to ever beat Canada, and the first one was the U.S. So that was like just amazing experience and I think we'll build, build on that next year. That's amazing. So you guys really did make make some hockey history right there. Yeah. That's 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 uh, incredible and I can only imagine what the what the what the thoughts and the feelings must have been like when you were when you were uh, uh, preparing for that game and and uh, and uh, having the knowledge that that this might happen. What was what was going through your head at that time? Well, actually we've been pretty close about like beating Canada or the US in the past uh, three, four years, but it never actually happened. So we were just preparing to this game, like, okay, like we have a chance, obviously, to beat them again. Um, but I guess uh, when we scored the first goal of the game, we started actually like believing it, that this might happen. Like We just have to keep it tight and play well defensively. And uh, yeah, it was pretty intense in the third period. And I think everyone was in the flow state and just like, Kept going and fighting for the for the victory. That's amazing. Do you guys have like a like a there there must be some kind of a team culture that builds up during such a ch- tough challenge. So so is there is there are there you know like something uh, some special uh, things that you share with the team like before right before a match or or are these your your professional secrets? Uh, no, they are secrets actually. This year's uh, World Championship we have this slogan called. Rahantaki in Finnish, which is like I for, that. <laughs> for, <laughs> for the money, and it was actually a joke that came from the U.S. women's hockey team um, when they got a contract with the US, USA Hockey that they actually get money from playing, like, and they get a lot, a lot of money. Right. And us uh, hockey players in Finland, we don't get uh, almost anything. Like, we have to work full time or part time to get some kind of living, and we were like, okay, like, how, like, what would it feel like for the U.S. players to lose to um, <laughs> poor people? <laughs> so we were. That was our slogan. Self-sufficient. <laughs> I, li- I like self-sufficient more. Yes, yes. 
So uh, yeah, that was our slogan. It like brought us together every every game day, even like off off days and. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's a lot of fun, and also I, I think you know, in, in many ways, I think that's some kind of a, kind of a bond that, that you can you can pr- pr- pretty much even turn to work in favor of, of of your team. I mean, like I can I can certainly see you guys as you know, like having this having this you know, like inside power that you're kind of you know, like drawing from when you're when you're when you're going to uh, to uh, meet those tough competitors and eventually beating them. I think that's. Wow! Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and I think everyone will remember this tournament, obviously, but also um, the song from Amplitude School and yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. So, yeah, I think that was like one of the reasons that we were so close together as a team and played so well in this tournament. How has it looked like uh, if you look at the past twelve months leading to this tournament? Uh, what what's uh, what, what what kind of a, what kind of a twelve month period has it been for you professionally? Um, it's been Different than before, I think for me, because um, I moved to Sweden to play uh, semi-professionally, and I got some money uh, from just playing ice hockey, which was great. And I've never had this ex- uh, opportunity be- before, and uh, it was definitely more professional. And I was more focused on like how I can be- perform better, and uh, and I felt like there were many many other players on my national team that also went to play in Sweden to become more professional. And we all found this mindset that how can I be better so that my team can be better. So yeah, it was a great, great 12 months and uh, looking forward to the next 12 months. And what did it look like uh, when, when you were, uh, or, or when the team uh, was, was selected when you were you know, like really building your, mm-hmm. building your uh, team? Uh, what did it look like from from the viewpoint of of a uh, of a for example like a like a player like yourself or your peers uh, mm-hmm. who had been who had been uh, uh, working really hard for years and years for this type of a this type of an opportunity to to join? Uh, I think it was actually the first time that we had a very competitive team and many many players were left out that could have been in any of the roles that we had and um, this was. Like we have four great offensive lines and seventy and or defensemen, <laughs> and usually there's like one defensive defenseman that you know, okay, this is not gonna get so much playtime, but this time it was like it can be anyone really, right? And, and like so we had, that yeah, tough. yeah, it was real tough, and everyone knew this is the best team we've ever had, so that was we knew we could do something. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when you guys arrived in the U.S., uh, I, I guess you, you you went over already already uh, several weeks before before the uh, the uh, the uh, actual actual games uh, to prepare. So so what took place uh, during that time when you were preparing for this? Yeah, we we um, flew over to the U.S. ten days before the first game, and first couple of days, of course, you have to think about the jet lag, what it does to your body physically. And they were kind of chill. We were just doing like easier workouts, easier ice practices. And then a week before uh, the first game, we had an exhibition game. And that was against each other. Because we were supposed to play against the USA women's team. But they had their, uh, they were still talking about their contract with the USA hockey. Right. So they said they would not play against 
any team um, until they actually get the contract. I see. So that was kind of difficult, but I think it was a great game uh, that we got to play against the best team in Europe and uh, <laughs> each other. <laughs> yep, best team yeah. in Europe. That's right. <laughs> Pretty much. Only playing against the best. <laughs> yeah, and then um, then a couple of days later, we had another game against the Czech Republic, which was like we we were the better team um, to start with, and and they they. They were great, actually, and we actually, like, <laughs> we knew we have to pick it up so that we can reach our goal. And um, then after that, it was just, like, some, some other workouts and ice practices and a lot of meetings. So we uh, get to know each other a little better and what we feel like we should do on the ice on power plays or penalty kills and stuff like this. And, yeah, it was, I thought it was a great preparation camp and, and a good tournament after that. Awesome. Uh, what are your What are your personal tips on on uh, maintaining your performance when you're when you're uh, doing transatlantic flights? You need to be on top of your game, and uh, obviously you're doing a lot of travel. So yeah. so uh, so uh, I bet you have some secrets to share. Maybe what what you what you do preparation wise, nutrition wise, sleep wise, with uh, the jet lag and how to how to be on top of your game. Yeah, we uh, we got some uh, some tips for that in. Obviously, I also played in the U.S. for four years before this, and um, I just try to get on the sleeping schedule as early as possible, even like a couple of days before the flight, So, because it's a seven-hour difference or eight or wherever you go, and uh, try to get on that. Do not take naps. <laughs> But are longer, no naps? No naps longer than 30 minutes, because that just makes it a whole lot harder, and also Uh, try to drink as much as you can, drink water, and um, I like to eat before I go on the flight, eat like nutrient-dense foods, and not, I don't really enjoy the uh, the food on the plane, so I and try nobody to really that. does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Anyone Maybe there are some of those twisted people right there, right? Like, shame on you, shame on you. Yeah, you don't want to eat what's inside that tin foil box that they <laughs> that they call a, a, a meal, a sorry excuse for a meal. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, and then try, maybe I'll have like my own snacks on the flight, and I'm Bernard probably. <laughs> I did have it, and... Um, After the flight, then eat again and drink. And yeah, that's pretty much it. And once you get there, no matter how late it is, do some kind of workout. Like go for a walk. There's a gym at the hotel. Do a little bit of something. You get your body moving, and then maybe you sleep better. Yeah, those are those are really good tips. I definitely definitely uh, use a couple of those, especially the workout before going to sleep, because yes. for me that seems to be something that I. That I feel that my mind and body is really craving for after a transatlantic flight or or a longer leg, on on a on a on a plane. I think um, uh, you know, during your time in the U.S., I bet that you you really really uh, found uh, lots of different kinds of uh, of uh, methods that you probably weren't weren't exposed to in in, in European hockey. Uh, but before we delve into that, uh, I'd love to hear your uh, kind of story how you got. Uh, how you got excited about sports up until a point that you, you became a became a semi pro and a professional hockey player. So what what did that journey look like uh, when uh, you know like starting from the very beginning? Yeah, I think I pretty much started playing sports ever since I knew how to walk. 
Um, I had an older brother, two years older, and uh, he was also very sporty, very athletic. And my mom uh, played basketball when she was younger. My dad was a basketball referee. So it, it started with basketball, let me say that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, ever since, I don't know, I knew how to run or hold a stick. We were playing floorball on the street um, outside our home with the boys in my neighborhood. And uh, my brother joined ice hockey practices. And then a couple years later, I was there also. But I didn't like just playing with boys because it was only boys hockey and then I, I think I was the only girl there as a five-year-old. So I, I started playing basketball also and soccer. And then I started playing ringette, which is uh, another sport played on the ice. And that was like kind of my first or main sport until I was 12 or 13. And that's when I picked up hockey. So I was 13 when I started playing hockey again. And uh, after, or like in six months, I just quit all the other sports. <laughs> and I knew hockey was the thing that I wanted to do, and uh, that's what I've been doing ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so you, could, you could say that, was there, was there some, kind of a, some kind of a realization on when, when, you, when you just uh, uh, did make the decision to commit to hockey and, and, uh, and uh, give, uh, give, give uh, your full attention to that? Was there some kind, of a, some kind of snap realization or how did that build up? I think it was like just the first couple of practices that I just, the puck felt so good on my stick and I always loved skating and I loved the part that there was a team around me. And I just felt like, you know, like this is something I can actually become good at. And, and if I just train enough, and I don't know, I just love something about it. <laughs> That's amazing. So how did that, how did that progress uh, uh, after, after that decision? And then probably a year later, when I made that decision a year later, I read about a Finnish um, female ice hockey player who went to the university in the U.S., uh, I read it on the newspaper, and I was like, Mom, you know, I want to do that. Like, I want to go to university. And <laughs> my mom is like, I don't know if that's possible. Like, that's a lot of money. And, like, obviously, she didn't tell me that. She was just supporting my dream. Sure. But she thought it was just a dream, you know. And I don't know. I just knew from that day I wanted to play in the U.S. in the university, no matter what high school I'm going to or something. I just knew I was going to be there. And, um, and then it became the time that I was in high school, and I got, I played in the under-18 World Championships, and this coach contacted me, and that was the same school that this female player that I read about, All right. that she went to. <laughs> and I was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty cool, and that was the same coach, and then I heard that they'd been, they'd been talking before that World Championships, but I was like, okay, like... I'm sold, like, <laughs> I went for the visit and uh, signed my contract there, and yeah. Amazing. 2009, I started playing in the university uh, in Ohio State, so that was a great experience and dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. It's, it's amazing how that, how that kind of, you know, like, took, you took the steps forward, and eventually it just, you know, like, came true, like, yeah. that's, that's how it went. But, but, but uh, to say that would be an understatement that would, would, um, uh, would definitely uh, uh, 
not 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 uh, honor the hard work that you did to to make it to that stage. Now, what do you think were 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 kind of some of your some of your secret weapons or like like mental uh, mental weapons and and, uh, and uh, where did the motivation come from and uh, at this stage? Because before that, you didn't really. Or, or I guess, or, or were you just determined that you're going to make it, or, or did did you just have this clear path forward in your mind, or how did that go? I guess I didn't have any doubts about it. Like I just read, okay, that's possible. Okay, I can do it. If she can do it, I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? And I had no idea if I was a good player back then, or like if I even had any gift to, if I was a talented player or anything. I just, you know, I had no doubt doubts. I would make it. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I think that could be a very powerful secret weapon. Not, not just, just not having any doubts, and uh, and of course, you know, like having put all the hard work that you have. That's that's uh, simply simply something that I can I can very well see that that kind of uh, you can you can see how the how the dots connect now. But yes. back then, it, it <laughs> must have been pretty different. But, yeah, I mean, I just I don't. When I think about it, I don't think I worked so so hard. Because I loved everything about it. I loved uh, going to the gym or just working my shot. Because that's that was my free time. That's what yeah. I did. <laughs> yeah, that's... I was just playing, just having fun. <laughs> that's amazing. And uh, also, I think, or do you do you think that that the uh, that the athletes that you work with share that in common, or or do you think that there are there are you know like different kinds of different kinds of um, mental models that you have, or, or the passion for the game, like like taking. Uh, different forms, mm -hmm. uh, or, or, or how do you look at, at that? Because I, I talk to a lot of athletes, and, and uh, almost everyone explains it differently. The common thread there is, of course, you know, like that I, I can't not not play. Like like <laughs> like that's the thing. Mm -hmm. But then again, like building up to that perfection and and, and, and and doing that meticulous work every day, I feel that people have very different descriptions of that. So, uh, well, I feel like as a female hockey player, when you don't get that much money from playing. Um, you do it because you love it, or you love like the, the physical work, or you love your teammates being part of something. Um, we actually have a player on the national team that's uh, 43 years old. All right. And she has three kids and like an amazing athlete, like very good physical condition. And I think her thing is that she can't stay away from the sport. Like it's so much fun, and she doesn't even feel like she's old because she. She's like 20 year old <laughs> mentally, <laughs> but um, yeah, I feel like many of my friends that play on the national team or play on the club team, they just do it because they really like the sport. They they just love. There's something about the sport that everyone just keeps playing it. <laughs> That's great. Uh, looking looking into into the uh, the years after the U.S. experience, you came back to came back to Europe. What happened next? Yeah, I came back in 2013, um, I got my bachelor's there, and uh, that year was actually a year before the Olympics in uh, Sochi, so I wanted to focus on hockey pretty much, um, got a part-time job and uh, just work out in the morning or go on the ice in the morning, then work, and then back to uh, ice, ice rink in the evening. And I played in my uh, home team, Espo Blues, which is the same team that I played on before I went to the U.S. So there was, I had a lot of friends there, and I knew what what kind of team this is. And 
that year in Sochi, we were like supposed to be the best team in Europe and uh, uh, bronze medal candidate and everything. Um, but uh, <laughs> in the quarterfinal, we lost to Sweden, which obviously felt bad, but it felt even worse when it was Sweden. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the the frenemy, the frenemy yes. in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, so that was very, very disappointing um, after winning bronze in Vancouver Olympics. And um, well, I think after all, it was a good thing that we did not get what we wanted in Sochi because the next year it was Worlds again. Um, and we had a very young team, uh, but we still won bronze. So that was, uh, we realized we have to do something to get this medal. Like it, you can't take it for granted anymore. So some kind of hunger building up <laughs> yes, <for> that? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, then two years after Sochi was World Championships again. And we were like really uh, catching up to Canada and US that year. Um, then in the semifinal, we were very close to making it to the final against Canada, but we just lost with like uh, one empty netter. And oh, it was... Oh, so tough. And we had to play the next game in the uh, next day in the bronze medal game, uh, which was against Russia. And we were mentally just not there. We like physically, we, we had the energy to do it, but mentally, we were still so sad about losing the semi final that we ended up uh, losing this bronze medal game in the shootout. Oh. The, the mental side is just, yeah. It's, it's, it's tough, and it's even harder to work on your mental side compared to the physical. Um, so that was actually a year ago. And this year, you know, we beat Canada in the round robin. Uh, we faced them in the semifinal again. Uh, we lost again. <laughs> but that was a little bit more clear loss. And Canada was like, they were pissed that they lost to us in the round robin. And they came out so hard that we realized we were not even that close. And uh, then as a team, we just realized, you know, we have a chance to win a medal here tomorrow. And we will not do the same mistake that we did last year. And we ended up beating Germany 8-0. So I guess we showed the That's world. Amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Uh, how do you... How do you Think about, when, when you think about the mental side, as I just said, it can, it can uh, make all the difference, and it often does. Uh, how do you work on that? Yeah, it's pretty tough. We have a, a physical or uh, mental coach on the national team. We have meetings with him, uh, individual meetings and team meetings. And we mostly work on how do you, uh, we prepare to the game uh, individually. Like what kind of mindset I need so that I can perform at my best. And I need to be like a little bit like aggressive or like not mad, but like not like too happy like I'm now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's, it's pretty hard to change my mindset to that before a game. Um, do you have like any, any methods or, or like rituals that you do or, or some type of a, for example, like meditation or... Mm -hmm or some, um, some uh, affirmations that you use? or I like to uh, think about some situations that have made me a little bit mad. Something set me uh, something that I didn't like really and uh, listen to some, this, this kind of music that also gets me, they're a little bit like <laughs> tougher music I guess. 
like, uh, do you have any, any, any like, favorite songs, like, like, do you listen to, like, death metal, or, no, or what, do you, what do you listen um, to? Uh, it's, like, more, mostly, like, rap songs, I guess, that yeah. are, like, a little bit mad, like Eminem or something. The, those ones get me to that state uh, pretty, pretty easily. <laughs> Music has such a big effect on me that I'm super fascinated about this because yeah, if, like if, if you think about some songs that you know like when you need to when you need to come out swinging it, you just listen to some like like uh, lose yourself by yeah. then. like that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's been a big one for me. Also, a couple of a uh, couple of other other uh, other songs um, from from you know like the more aggressive rap side, like like some Tupac songs that I used to listen at some point, like before. I think it must have been like like in in a pretty early on like like must must have been like when I was you know like thirteen fourteen fifteen years old when I was preparing for you know like some kind of challenge I mm. used to listen to all these kinds of kinds of music so I definitely know what you're talking about I yeah think music can be such a powerful thing and and just getting into that getting into that mindset yeah we have uh, I talked about this song by Antitwist earlier yeah and we played that before every period. Oh yeah, else. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So yeah, that was uh, absolutely great. <laughs> we had to listen to that song before we went. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's probably forever ingrained in these great memories of, of your of your yeah. your journey there. Yes, yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, anything else you do to prepare mentally? No, I. That's that's pretty much it for now. Um, I w I would like to uh, develop that side. Um, I have good uh, physical routine that I do before every game but the mental side of course like I need to start working on it and uh, keep developing it what does your physical routine before a game look like it's uh, some running um, uh, dynamic stretches then I do six longer sprints that I want to feel relaxed like not like full of just going <laughs> Not like 100%, right? No, like... no, no, not 100%. Um, just to get the my heart rate up to like 170 and then walking back and doing it again. And I don't know, I feel like I'm flying after that. Does <laughs> <laughs> that, I think this is super fascinating and, and uh, our listeners are always, always interested in asking about these things. So mm -hmm. is, would that look like a Tabata interval where you do like a 30 second sprint and like a 30 second... Uh, twenty second to thirty second uh, cooldown, or mm. do you have like a like a strict regime for that? Or no, it's I just like this distance. That's probably like a hundred meters or something like this, and then I walk back, which is obviously a lot longer. My heart rate goes down to one ten, one twenty, and then just building up again. And it's not like I go full out or anything. It's just like to get how how my legs feel today. Do I need to go faster? Do I need to go slower? Do I need to skip one of them or do more? So it's more I need the same feeling in my legs uh, every time before a game. Yeah, so that's kind of a even like like a calibration that you yeah. do to <laughs> yeah, you to kind of that. kind of get that same yeah. feeling before a game. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. What else? Um, then I like to do uh, some a small ab workout um, so that I feel like my core is supporting and tight and uh, preparing for the tougher parts of the game. Yeah. All right, and uh, when you're when you're uh, traveling, you you just um, you, you basically uh, hit the gym in the hotel. Obviously, have your routine set up and uh, where wherever you're you're uh, playing and wherever you're you're living. But uh, is there is there some uh, particular gear that you like to travel with uh, for for uh, for these situations for preparation or yeah, recovery? 
I like to bring uh, compression pants with me, just whenever if I need to wear them, I feel like my legs are getting swollen or something. I like to put them on and uh, just uh, feel a bit better <laughs> in my legs. Um, then I like the the bands, the resistant bands, so I can get my glutes activated a little bit better. And uh, but that's pretty much the uh, equipment that I really need. And then of course the headphones for the uh, yes. for the headphones. that's a, that's a given that's a given. Um, uh, when you when you look at uh, when you look at the uh, the uh, change in hockey when you when you look at for example the gear and the uh, the all the different elements that now nowadays obviously we've had uh, the uh, mental side well taken care of or at least addressed in some form or shape in in, in uh, professional hockey for the last couple of decades, but. But how does that look like from your perspective, the evolution of, of the sport? Uh, it's not only about it's, uh, the, the training and the nutrition is becoming more and more customized. Um, how do you look at that? Yeah, I think uh, especially women's hockey is such a young sport. Um, there has been many, many changes. Uh, even from 10 years ago, my teammates would uh, go smoke in the, in the intermission and come back and go play. So... <laughs> That that has changed wow, a lot, <laughs> yeah. And we do more um, high intensity interval training. I feel more than uh, well. Some players obviously still do strength, like a lot of strength uh, programs. But uh, for me, it's more um, controlling my body and being able to do balanced stuff and uh, uh, high intensity uh, intervals. So that has changed for me in the past uh, four years, uh, my off-ice training. Uh, what do the uh, intervals look like when you're, when you're doing the, the HIIT training? Because mm. there's a ton of really interesting mm. evidence on the, uh, the uh, long-term uh, gains and effects of, of uh, HIT or high-intensity interval yeah. training from, from the mitochondrial effects uh, to the, uh, to the uh, enhanced uh, performance effects in in a less of a time investment. So mm. very interested in, in hearing hearing about your your routines and tactics there. Yeah, we have uh, we train with our uh, national team's phys physical therapist. He he does our morning workouts here in uh, Helsinki, and it's it's like a whole body workout because you need everything in ice hockey. You need your legs, your core. Obviously, core is very important, and your arms. Um, so it's like you do uh, uh, with the med ball slams, uh, you do core workout, then you do sprints, and then you do this again, you do pull-ups in the, in the middle, you do like all this stuff, and sometimes we do it for a minute, and then we rest 30 seconds, for example, and then we go again, and that lasts uh, 20 minutes maybe. But then um, sometimes, probably now in a few weeks, We'll start doing longer workouts where you go, you have no rest. So you do 20 reps of something, then you go to the next um, uh, drill and you do 20 reps of that. And so it's it's very different um, now in the early spring compared to like to the end of the season because that's when you need to be uh, sharp. Right. So the goal there is probably to train your body to take the lactic acid buildup. Yes. And uh, later in the season, you wouldn't be doing those types of exercises? No, no. We would do uh, more speed workouts where you do maybe six reps at max speed or um, yeah, just try to be as sharp as you can. Yeah. 
when you look at your you could look at your uh, everyday life right now, it's uh, it's uh, obvious that you have uh, you have definitely cracked some of the codes into into a building a life around a, the passion of, of hockey. How how does that how does that been how has that been when you when you've kind of uh, built up uh, your your weekly routines around hockey? Because I think that's something uh, that our listeners would be thrilled to hear, as many are are uh, looking at some type of a passion sports uh, balance and looking for that balance in their in their everyday life. Yeah, now that I uh, I moved back from Sweden to Finland, I'm looking for a part-time job that I could uh, work for maybe five hours a day, and that um, makes it easier to uh, have a morning workout, which which can be tough, and then some rest because obviously you need some rest <laughs> after that, and then go to work for a little bit and uh, rest again, and then be able to perform in the night too. So I'm looking for that. Um, I I have an opportunity to uh, work with girls hockey, so that's that's like my first option, and I'll pro probably take it. Um, just to, uh, I don't want to do just some kind of job in the factory or something that I don't actually enjoy, but I want to help these girls to also reach their dreams because it was like something that I've been doing and I, I'm like closer to my dream every day. That's great. Also, uh, I think I think uh, you still have a very kind of a close connection to that type of a that type of a uh, a dream uh, that these that these young players also share and and uh, and the many have a have a good chance or or or, or I, I'd say that a that a, that a, that a really really good shot of of a following that track because it seems to be more and more common for for uh, players from Europe uh, to to take this route and to go play in and on, on the university level and and just to generally be more open-minded about their choices and you're a big inspiration there. Yeah, I think I can help with uh, my experience from playing in the U.S. or playing in Sweden too. Um, just tell these girls that you have these opportunities and, uh, you know, if you want, you can actually do it and just working hard and believing in your dreams. Yeah. I think I can help them. That's super powerful. Uh, when you look at um, other other parts of your life, uh, rest, sleep, obviously being one one big one that you just mentioned, how do you how do you approach that? Do you have a uh, do you do you uh, track your sleep uh, somehow, or or uh, do you have some routines or tactics there? Um, I need like nine hours of sleep every every night, and usually sleep like thirty minutes uh, during the day for a nap. Um, that's been uh, me since when I was 18 probably um, uh, I just when do you when do you do the nap I like is that like an after it, after lunch or how, how does that yeah happen? it's usually after lunch if I have time then depending on like what time I have to go to work or what time my uh, morning ice practice was but I like to do that before work um, sometimes even after work so just depending on the on the on the day of course um, I like to have all my days pretty much the same, so that I get the best results out of my nap and out of my my night sleep. So we'll see what it will look like in the spring. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I think this is something that that many uh, many people will not 
not in the in the professional sphere get wrong that that so many people start with a big enthusiasm but they neglect the rest they neglect the recovery mm. and uh, oftentimes you'll also see people prioritizing different things over sleep mm. not maybe realizing that uh, uh, changing or, or shifting into a tough workout regime is actually actually uh, making your body uh, crave for that sleep and crave for that rest and recovery even more and more yeah I believe uh I feel like the harder, tougher time I have at, uh, at practices or workouts, like if we have a really intense period in our, in our uh, workouts, um, I need to sleep a little bit more. So I will not, <laughs> I don't want to like take hours from my sleeping. I would rather than just not go shopping that day or something. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, definitely a long-term strategy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> And uh, how about food? How do you how do you look at uh, nutrition and and, and food uh, to support your your performance? Um, I look I I'm not like I don't count calories or I don't count carbohydrates or anything. I just I feel the effects that sugar or processed foods have on my body. Like if I had something yesterday that was like very sugary or sweet or something, I feel today like. Uh, I don't want to get out of bed, like I just want to sleep all day, I feel so unenergized that every day I just want to make the best decision for me that, that I can do um, food-wise. And um, I usually have the same breakfast because I just like oats and uh, blueberries in it <laughs> and, and I feel like that gets my uh, body going in the morning and then uh, um, I like to eat colorful stuff. So. Um, yeah, that's. I don't. I'm not like too strict about it, but I, I know what uh, effects the food has has on my body. Well, what did you have for your uh, breakfast today? I had oats and blueberries. Oats and blueberries. <laughs> and uh, do you do you also uh, uh, do you uh, have any coffee or, or tea during the day or in the morning? Or? Mm, yeah, usually in the mornings I will have coffee. Sometimes not. Um, just depending on what I feel like uh, is. I don't know if I have like this taste in my mouth that I want some coffee or not. Um, and then during the day, um, usually before the afternoon workout, I, I have coffee. How about uh, supplementation? Do you, do you look at that regime, adding, adding, uh, adding uh, supplements into your, your uh, daily regime or um, on, or, on or off season? I usually don't have any supplements. Um, just like to eat real foods. Uh, and I feel like my, my body gets what it needs from, from real foods. I think this is also a, also a big uh, domain of discussion right now, also in, in the uh, sports and nutritional sciences field, looking at uh, what really enables our bodies to thrive. And, and more and more evidence is coming out that, that actually uh, the, uh, the forms and the compounds found in, found in real foods have several benefits uh, over, over, the, uh, over the ones that we have, uh, we have uh, managed to create in a supplement form. Not the least because we haven't really found all the all the compounds that our bodies really need, but mm. but food has has that all figured out for us. So yeah, exactly. And uh, if you look at the snack bars or protein bars or something closer, you see there's actually so much sugar, so much just fat that you don't need. And uh, having a banana or some peanut butter or something is even better. So why not just grab that? <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm very much a subscriber to that philosophy myself, and, uh, and uh, always 
always exploring this this uh, this domain because uh, it's it's such a trendy thing though uh, nowadays in in in, uh, in the in the twirls of of uh, the fitness industry and the and the fitness boom that we're currently seeing uh, in in the U.S. and in Europe and uh, and uh, people looking into uh, into uh, building a fitness-oriented lifestyle or, or, or uh, building a, a more healthy lifestyle. And uh, much of them, uh, or much of the first things that you get kind of sold or, 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 uh, or uh, marketed into is the fact that you would need some type of supplementation in order to, to live life to the fullest, which, which uh, obviously is, is, a, is a, I, I would say, a, a gross overstatement for 95% of the people <laughs> looking to get fitter and healthier. Absolutely, yeah. I think, uh, I think uh, one, of the, one of the big things uh, that, I, that I wanted to talk to you about is, is, uh, is it just uh, motivation and, and just um, having that, having an, an, and, uh, and a fanning and cultivating that spark that, you, that you've, uh, that you've uh, definitely lit up as a kid and, and uh, through, through the sports and through the journey you just shared. How do you how do you uh, deal with stress and the uh, and the expectations that you're you're facing and, and keep that motivation going? Yeah, I. Uh, hmm, that's a tough question because I never really worked on uh, dealing with stress. I think it just kind of built up as I grew older. I got more pressure from uh, uh, my playing position, or like I I was more uh, relied on on my team. Um, I, I feel like I just grew into it and uh, that definitely like from sports I think it's straight like connected to how, how I do in the workplace um, if I get in a stressful situation I like try to breathe normally and and stuff like this but I never really really like thought about it um, yeah. yeah I think that's a that's a definitely something that that I uh, I think that it's it's uh, Mm, a common common topic uh, becoming a common more and more common topic that but it hasn't been uh, discussed on uh, on a on kind of a on kind of a level that would have that would have existed when when kind of uh, when for example our generation started uh, char start, started getting into sports and getting into uh, into the uh, the field of athletics and um, I, I've just uh, one of one of the uh, guests on the podcast has been Dr. Kay Shanahan, who's the uh, the nutritional uh, coach and the nutritional MD, uh, medical doctor of of uh, Kobe Bryant and and the uh, and the LA Lakers, and uh, they've looked into this this quite extensively. But but it turns out that they're also one of the one of the first uh, larger sports organizations who have really identified these uh, different. Different um, uh, cornerstones, if you will, and, and really taken this into account. And uh, I feel like uh, many athletes, and even even in our day, have their kind of their own routines and own ways that they don't even necessarily know how to describe that well. But but they but they probably do exist. So I think it's always always exciting to to hear about these. Yeah, I think uh, maybe now that you mentioned it, I feel like my pregame routine is kind of like handling the stress. That I, if I do my routine well, how I usually do it, um, then it's taken away this pressure from my head, and yeah. Routines are routines are very powerful yes. in that way. <laughs> they they are just super powerful in that way. Yeah. Um, I, I 
I, looking at looking at your looking at your uh, your uh, weeks ahead now, uh, you're you're you've uh, just just uh, uh, come, uh, you just came back from the U.S. from from the championship games, and uh, and now you I guess you have a bit of time to unwind. Uh, what what do you love to do uh, apart from from uh, when you're when you're on season and off season and training for that for that next big uh, for that next big challenge? Yeah, I mean I haven't seen uh, my best friends or my family for the past. Uh well, since since uh, the fall, pretty much uh, just a couple of thirty minutes here and there uh, when I visit at home, but um, I like to see them, uh, have some quality time with with them and my goddaughter, and uh, and then just play any sport. <laughs> play any sport? Can't take you off the field. No. <laughs> yeah, I would like to play uh, badminton and uh, baseball and uh, stuff like this that I don't usually get to play so much. There is no stopping you when it comes to sports. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mipa, this has been a truly inspiring talk. I really appreciate you, you uh, coming on the show, and uh, I wish you all the best for uh, the next coming weeks and preparing for the next challenge. Thank you. And uh, that concludes our podcast episode. Uh, please go to amberdat.com slash podcast for the show notes. Uh, some of the things we talked about, and some of the some of the links uh, to the uh, some of the equipment and the teams and the uh, the uh, people that were mentioned on the podcast. And uh, be sure to join us next time on the Amberdice Superhero Podcast. Have a healthy week. Thanks for listening to the Amberdice Superhero Podcast. Please check out the links, show notes, and other episodes at ambronite.com slash podcast. That's A-M-B-R-O-N-I-T-E dot com slash podcast. Thanks again, and catch you in the next episode.